Welcome to a special episode of the Cigar Snob Podcast. I'm Nick Jimenez and I am uh, aquí infiltrado in Miami Cigar and Company headquarters with Jason Wood and Nestor Miranda. Not necessarily in order of interestingness. Exactly. Not even close. <laughs> Esto, so thank the, thanks to, to both of you for, for My having pleasure. me here to, to join you. And we are smoking Don Lino Africa. Uh, I feel like a compulsion to say Africa. Uh, but is that, what's, what's the, the standard here? Are we going Africa or Africa? Africa. Africa. Don Lino Africa. Uh, so the main name, the name, so, the main name is Africa. Yeah. yeah. So, um, let's tell people who are listening the, <laughs> Good segue. That is a cre. Is that your Halloween ringtone? That is his everyday ringtone. Really? Yes. Oh man, the creepiest ringtone in the cigar industry. Can we get into a story right off the bat here on the ringtone? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we're in uh, making our rounds in Phoenix, Arizona. Get close here. Yeah, in Phoenix, Arizona, we're making our rounds with with our uh, representative in the area, and we stopped by Ambassador Cigars to see uh, Vartan. Vartan and Nestor have this sick relationship. Between the two of them, they're like, it's a love fest. Yeah. So we get there, whatever, we sit down, we just start talking. Oh, I haven't seen you in a year, this and that. They always stand up and look at each other and check each other from head to toe. Oh, let me see what kind of tie is that, oh, what kind of this, what yeah. kind of that. So the whole thing, they're checked out head to toe, the whole deal, everything's done. Big hug, sit down, and all right, now let's get to business. So we start talking, talking about the different lines that we had at that time and specials and whatnot. And then um, Nestor's phone rings. And this was years ago. Same ringtone that just came off right now. And as the phone rings, he goes into his pocket to grab the phone. And Vartan, at the same time, gets his hand and goes into his pocket. And instantly, they both look up at each other. And I look at the two of them like, there's no way that this is really happening. And he goes, that's your ringtone? He goes, that's my ringtone. And I go, no one in the world uses that ringtone besides the two of you. My brother! <laughs> they the ringtone twins. It was amazing. It was meant to be. Oh, it, was, man. it was awesome. It was really so amazing. funny. That day was unbelievable. That's funny. So for people who may not know, Vartan, uh, oh my God, what is the name of the store? I'm blanking in Phoenix. Ambassador. Ambassador Cigars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Vartan is known, he's sort of like your dapper counterpart oh, he among is. tobacconists. Yes. He's always checking on me. I'm checking on him. Sizing check labels. <laughs> what kind of tie you have? You know, you don't have it. It's, it's a DuPont uh, tie. Oh. Oh, oh. That's the trump card. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but do you have this? Yeah. yeah. Do you have this? Yeah. <laughs> So they go, they go back and forth at each other. That has to good. be intimidating for you. You have like uh, every day. You got. I don't know. Is he sizing you up too? No, I, no, I don't no, even. No. I took myself out of that yeah, game totally. Out of that company polo always, and there's no. He's like, ah, all right. Yeah, you're not even playing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He, he said Florida State. Yeah. I'm yeah. not. I'm not in that game at it's all. A, it's a Florida State thing. Hey, so hey. I'm a big believer of you can't compete, just stay out of the game. There you go. <laughs> Move hey. on. So, so we were talking about the uh, Don Lino Africa. Um, it, whoever wants to tackle whatever part of it, let's let's talk first. You know, because we got to make sure that we get the all the blend information right, for right, the geeks. Right. Yes, uh, absolutely. Get our uh, so so. Let's talk about you know uh, what the wrapper, filler, binder, blend are, what size it's available. Yeah. In, all that so sort of stuff. can I take I can take that one? Yeah, go ahead. Talk about that. All right. Yeah. Perfect. So uh, it's made in Esteli, Nicaragua. By uh, AJ Fernandez at the factory up there in Esteli. Uh, very, we're very happy and excited for that. It will be the first project that we do with him. 
Um, so it's an exciting time. First box press cigar that we have as well. So uh, this it's, is the first box press. Yeah, wow. we don't have so in all of our brands, either brands that we own or brands that we distribute, we do not have a box press cigar. Wow. So this will be the first time that we actually have one. Um, even in my time with the company, we've had very few. Yeah. So it's exciting. It's a little something different, different taste profile as well. So it's looking, we're very excited for what it has. One of the main components that we wanted to make sure that was included was the African Cameroon wrapper. Um, so Nestor's tight relationship with AJ, taking a look to see what they could get done. So they were able on the binder. We do have the Africa, African Cameroon wrapper, um, excuse me, binder. And then on the filler, all Dominican and Nicaraguan tobaccos. And the entire thing is wrapped in an Ecuadorian Habano 2000 wrapper. So a uh, nice velvety looking clean wrapper. Got that African Cameroon in the binder. And then Nicaraguan and Dominican in the filler. It's a nice medium, medium plus cigar. Yeah. No, and that's, I mean, it. it's definitely, it has a little bit of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's got, it's, you feel the, the Cameroon, but it also has that sort of like AJ signature too. Uh, I think. I will say medium up. It yeah. Is, it's a yeah, good yeah. cigar. Yeah. Uh, and I think anybody who is into AJ products or AJ made products will be into this, but it's also a little different. It doesn't taste like if, you know, so. Um, what was the the inspiration for some of the branding? Because this is also very different, not only from the rest of your portfolio, but from many things. Like it's a very unique look to the cigar. Very unique. Yeah. I think uh, all my life, I was dreaming about going to Africa. You know, when I was a little kid, I used to go to the Tarzan movie. It was, I mean, I love it. I love it. And uh, as I grow up, you know, I like hunting. So we get together about seven friends of us, and I say, listen, we when, when, when was this, more or less? Uh, 15 years ago, okay. maybe, maybe, maybe more. I was going to say, like, oh, 03, oh, 04? Yeah, yeah. I don't remember, but it's, it's been a long right. time, more than... Well, well, the brand was released originally in 2006. Yeah, so, so it wasn't, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, before that. So we got together, and uh, we say, listen, we're planning to go to Africa. They go, put me in, man, put me in. So we planned the whole thing. We got uh, people in Africa who came to Miami and they showed where we're going to be in Botswana. And uh, you're going to be traveling to so and so and so. So we took the plane. I think I took the plane from uh, Atlanta, Air Africa, mm-hmm. and we flew all the way to Cape Town. It's a big flight, it's like yeah. a 16 hour flight. But Cape Town, then we went to Johannesburg. So in Johannesburg, we took a small plane to destination. So we landed nighttime in this uh, small airport. So the uh, the hunter waiting for us over there, they got a two uh, land cruiser so we can take the people and the equipment. So as we're traveling in the jungle to the camp, we got a flat tire. Okay. In the middle of the night. It was 12 o'clock in at the night. jungle. I said, oh, my God. Jungle flat tire. Oh, yeah. The worst kind of flat <laughs> no, tire. No, not good. <laughs> so we go, we go out. We start changing the, the tire. You know, I'm going with a flashlight to see if any lion or anything. Yeah. And, uh, okay, we got into the Land Cruiser. Keep going. Boom. Another tire. Oh, my oh. God. Second flat tire. So we keep going. And we got the uh, destination probably by 2 o'clock in the morning because wow. of the, the tire changing yeah, and all yeah, that. Of so we got there. So what do we do? Start talking. I said, okay, there's a bar. Let's go and drink. We start drinking. So next morning, they wake you up by 6 o'clock. They got breakfast, everything. So they have like a billboard. And I showed you on the board the animals that you're going to see in the area. So each animal has a price tag. 
And this is the way. You hunt, you pay. If you if you don't kill the animal and it's hurt, you pay. Okay. So you have to follow the animal. You know, if you hit him in the wrong place, you got to follow, follow until it's dead. So we spent 10 days in a magnificent area in Botswana. And uh, the excitement was every day, you know, you got. Then my brother-in-law and myself went into a Land Cruiser with two people. So we flipped the coin, said, who's going to shoot first? So, okay, I'm first. All right, so we go and we see an Impala. Go, yeah, Wagata, Impala. Then he got the Impala. Wagata. That's actually the noise that the gun makes. <laughs> More or less the same. So we, you know, we started. a good name for one of those, Afri- the Wagata National Preserve. No, no. <laughs> But the, the the thing in Africa is when you finish hunting, you got maybe two animals one day, four to him and to myself. Then when you come back to the campground, you go on a dirt road. This is uh, 11 o'clock at night, and it's 42 degrees or 40 degrees. It's winter time in Africa, yeah. which is summer here. It's winter over there. And you got to stop because there was 15 elephants crossing the road. Yeah. And the elephant, the big one, the big one come over to you, like, you know, stop, man. I got my kids going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he go back and coming back again. It was so emotional, man. Yeah. No, oh, impressive. my God. Incre- so incredible. So incredible. I've done one of those safaris, and I remember in um, came on to, I don't know what exactly was happening, but there were multiple families moving yeah. together of, of elephants. And then one of them, I guess it was like the el guapo, the grupo, takes this big tree branch and rips it off a tree yeah. with its trunk and just starts shaking it around. And he wanted to the show that he's the boss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it was to show us, like, yeah. if you get close, this is yeah. what I'm doing to you. All right. this stuff I'm doing to this tree branch. You'll be the probably tree. that's the elephant, the, the big uh, called yeah. Hoax, uh, what husks. Yeah, 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 yeah. With a big one. Yeah. So we, it was emotional. Then we go back to the camp. We start talking about it. Everybody got a toy story. You know, Hunter, everybody got a story. So we start drinking, you know, the bottle of scotch there, rum, whatever. So we drink at night, we got a big fire, and we everybody has a story to say what happened that day. But you can hear at night the sound of the lion, you know, in the distance. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. That's man. I tell you, that's emotional. Yeah. That's emotional. Everything's high and tight at that moment. Yeah. <laughs> You're hoping it doesn't hear you and then your cell phone goes, so, <laughs> Exactly. We t- there was no, no ringtone like that back in the day. It's time to go to bed, and it's cold. I leave the the window kind of open so the air come in, and you know. Then when I go to bed, I start thinking about it, the mamba, and I say, uh-uh, I'm gonna close the window yeah. because the mamba, even at winter time, they're dormant. Okay, you know you don't have to worry about it. But anyhow, the mamba is so. the most dangerous snake in Africa. He beat you, and you had three hours to say goodbye to everybody, mm-hmm. because the distance from there to the hospital, you're dead. Yeah, you're dead. So it's it, that's the thing in Africa, you know. Like one day we're hunting, and uh, I want to shoot this animal. I jump, and the guy said, "Let's go." So we jump out of the Land Cruiser, start going to the jungle, follow the tracks. Mm-hmm. We're already a mile away from the jeep, maybe maybe two mile, in the jungle. And they, we lost, we lost that animal. We couldn't see it anymore. And then the guy say, uh, don't make any noise. Let's go back to the jeep. I say, why? I say, look, then through the vegetation, you can see a couple of rhino 
they're big like a SUV, man, I tell you. Yeah. And one of them was lying down. The other ones, they don't see too well. The sight is not too well, but they can hear. And you can see moving the ear. And the guy said, let's go, let's go. So that's SOB turn around and look this way. So we start walking a little faster to the jeep. The other one stand up. The two were standing and look at our direction. So now we accelerate our steps. Yeah. When we get close to the jeep, we just jump in and the two rhinos coming. The two big black rhinos. And they're coming and it, it reminds me of the movie Hatari. You know, okay. with John Wayne and all that. Oh my God. And we jump in the in the Jeep. And so they guy, listen, accelerate, man, yeah, because yeah. they're coming. Yeah. And they were coming in yeah. the road. They were coming like so we finally get away from there, you know. We, yeah. oh my God, that was emotional. So you mentioned that, that you had dreamt of, of going to Africa for a long time before yes, you finally made it. Yes, it's my dream. How, how did it compare to your expectation? Because like anything that you think of doing for a very long time, maybe you had one idea and then it turned no, out no, to be something else. over and about expectation. Yeah. It is amazing. I actually recommend people... If they dream to go to Africa, go. What was the thing that surprised you the most? Because you sort of expect there's dangerous animals, you're out in the wild, you're secluded. But was there something that surprised you that you didn't I expect? think uh, being there, and uh, I remember one day we would stop, and you see all the zebra running, the impala. You know, you are in Africa, man. And the wildebeest. And, I mean, I've seen that in movies, man. But when you go there and see it in life, it's impressive. It's yeah. really impressive. Every day was something different. Every day was something different. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's what I, it, it was my dream and I got it. I, I'm glad I got it. I've been to Africa three times already, but no hunting. Yeah. Well, and no all, the whole family went. Yeah, 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 yeah. We went to. Uh, yeah. How was that? Oh. It's fabulous. We took the kids and that's an amazing thing with the kids. You know, we got a rhino next to us. Yeah. Uh, I think I saw pictures Nestor of you on a camel. Nestor didn't have the rifles. No, 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 I was. He was a little uncomfortable. <laughs> I was scared to death when I see that rhino mm-hmm. because I know he can hit the jeep yeah. and turn around, just, you know, tilt it. Yeah. And I got my, my kids there, my wife, and one lion came over here next to me, and I say, take the girl in the front. That's my wife. <laughs> <laughs> he looked at me and said, no. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so talk a little bit about, going back to the cigar for a minute, about the... Uh, the launch and the distribution and all that, how widely available is it? Um, I forget. I know we talked about it being box-pressed, but yes. did we talk about how many sizes or formats? Yeah, so it's available in five different sizes, and it's actually getting ready to be released in November. So it's not released to the public yet. And how widely available will it be? Uh, full production. Okay. It's a full production cigar, yeah. Available in five different sizes from a petite Corona all the way up to a 6x60. Got it, got it. So, I am... And have uh, have you gotten feedback? I imagine you've gotten feedback oh, yeah, on the blend yeah, from certain yeah, people. Yeah. What's, what's the feedback been like pre-launch so far? Very positive. Um, the pre-orders have been very strong. Uh, yeah. For me personally, it's the strongest pre-release we've had um, in my time with the company. So I'm going on 10 years. Uh, Nestor, obviously, in the past has had some larger some larger pre, pre-sale deals. But this, for, for our time, so in the last decade, it has been the largest pre-sale. And we still oh, have okay. a couple of weeks left uh, before the launch. So Appetitions have been unbelievable. Yeah, and the people are asking for it. Yeah, when are you gonna have the Africa? When are you gonna have the Africa? Right. So the motion is up there. Yeah, talk a little bit about, and we we normally don't get into this kind of um, uh, marketing stuff in the magazine because it's more consumer facing magazine. But I think in this case, because it's such a part of the image of the cigar, talk a little bit about 
um, from a messaging standpoint and getting people to understand who makes the cigar, you know, it, there's Miami Cigar behind it and AJ behind it. But when you look at the band, you're seeing just this big A, which is beautiful, but doesn't necessarily say all that other stuff. Correct. That sometimes, you know, you right. would be like more like the default. Right. So talk a bit about that, about how, how you're communicating all that to smokers. Mm-hmm. So so this is actually the, um, I guess we could call it the rebirth of the Don Lino brand. So Don Lino was a brand from the past um, that Nestor and Maniano started. It was one of their first babies. And we had about six or seven different offerings in that. The biggest scale, I guess, highest um, profile cigar was the Don Lino Africa. So this is our start into that segment again. So mm-hmm. getting back into Don Lino bringing Don Lino back to the forefront. Um, obviously, in our industry, there's different things going on that these grandfather products are very prominent and very strong, so that's why we're getting into right. that. Getting Africa back, um, going back to the trip, so that second trip that we did take uh, with Nestor and the kids and all that, that was during the time. Similarly, after a couple of drinks as well, just like Nestor was talking about on his first trip, so we were having a couple of scotches and smoking some cigars, and he was like, you know... She was 18, excuse me. Exactly. There's no other one, right? That's the one. <laughs> That's, that's the go-to scotch. Right, that's, his, that's his go-to scotch, yes, for sure. And we were talking about, you know, we need to uh, revitalize the brand. Um, the brand was still around. It's always been around in the market. But to give it its its love and its proper attention. So the first thing we spoke about was obviously manufacturers. Um, we want to make something in Nicaragua. We have a couple of factories where we make stuff. We want to try something else. So going through that talk track to see what we did. And then finally, ultimately, picking AJ and going forward with AJ. Um, was a natural progression for us because of the relationship Nestor does have in the past um, with AJ. Yeah. And just to get that going, Africa was the natural move for us to get Don Lino going. So there is a lot of different components to it, being Miami Cigar as the sales and marketing uh, mechanism or machine behind the cigar, and AJ, the one actually making the cigar. Um, those are the two different components to it. And then our sales force throughout the U.S. actually promoting it. Uh, selling it and promoting it into the retailers. Yeah. So at various points over the last couple of years, we've written, uh, whether like in little mentions in product release notes or in a story about AJ, I mean, Mm -hmm. the last few years have felt like the age of AJ. Correct. Talk a bit about what your experience has been working Mm -hmm. with AJ Fernandez to produce this. Right. They, uh, so we started off, um, I didn't have any prior experience or uh, relationship with AJ or anybody in his company or facilities, but Nestor was the one being in the industry for such a long time. Also with the Cuban background, um, he was the one that recommended that we reach out to him and see if it was a possibility, see what we could get done. Uh, we actually met him down here in Miami at one of the shops and uh, had a very nice conversation with him and, and Freddie as head of production um, to see if it was possible, see what we could get done, what time of year would work best and then start the process. Once everybody was on the same page, to start the process with them to get things rolling. Yeah. Um, so like I said, we still haven't even received the first batch of cigars, just the samples like that we're smoking now, the ones that we gave uh, during the IPCPR convention as well. Um, but everything has been very smooth. You could tell that it's uh, obviously a legit run factory. They have all the, pro- the proper procedures put in place yeah. um, to make sure that everything's done. And now that we're getting close to it, it went from like a call every two or three weeks to basically communication every day on when are these coming in? These are in, they're received, this is done, this is good. Cigars have been aging for a while already. So just making sure that everybody's on the same page, but it's good to have that counterpart at the factory that has that same mindset that we have. So the American mindset here, as well as over there, which you don't always get, but to be able to have yeah. that, it makes it much easier. It, and he's a very detailed, he's he maniacal is. about those little details. He is. He is. And the, the handful of times that I've walked through his factory with him, it's crazy because yeah. you can't walk 
20 feet without him getting distracted because he sees something that he wants to go and fiddle yeah. with. He's right? on top of everything. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Well, there is. I don't know if you want to talk to him about the phone call that you got last week um, about the yeah, band. Yeah, So me. this kind of goes right off of what yeah. you're saying. How In the middle of Out of the Blue Sky, he called me. Hey, Nestor. I know his uh, AJ. Yes, AJ. What's happening? He said, listen, I'm making a great cigar for you, man. Hey, buddy. You got to come out with a second band in the bottom, you know, second ring. I say, you think so? No, no, you have to, man. You have to. That's a great cigar. And it looks more interesting with the second band. Mm -hmm. So I say, AJ, I'll take that. I'm going to talk to Jason right away. So I talked to Jason. I say, listen, AJ called me. I say, we, we, I got, we got to do something about it. At the buzzer. <laughs> so we did it. Yeah, so it's, it's nothing beautiful. Nothing like being right there, like ready yeah. to roll, and then <laughs> it's just it's it's not the norm, right? So for uh, a supplier, right? It's just, he's mm -hmm. That's how much he worried. That's right, how much he worried about the brand. and how much right. he cares about what everything he makes, yeah. right? Because ultimately, yeah. okay, that this one soars or doesn't. Okay, you know it's not part of his portfolio, whatever the case may be. Obviously, he wants them all to sell, but he cares so much even about every single brand. That he's like, you know. Maybe we should dress it up with a footband. Like, what do you guys think about that? And when he called me, I was like, "What? What's wrong with this guy? Like, why? Like, yeah, yeah what? Tell him to, to worry about his stuff." Yeah. But then I thought about it. I'm like, you know what? No, that's not the way to think about it. He's calling to help, and it's his opinion. And then taking a look it's at valuable. it, like, you know, valuable what? opinion. Yeah, you know what? Let's take a look and see what can be done. So now that we're trying to get that get yeah. that in for the first run, we have a couple of weeks to be able to get that in and to add it to it because I mean, that's what you want, right? You want a partner that's going to look out for the best of your brand. He's going to be very happy with the second motives band. or anything like yeah. that. Because so, that's a prize for him. Yeah, and it's consistent with, you know, the conversations that I've had with him when he talks about, uh, like sometimes we'll even tell him, you know, like, man, obviously a lot of this stuff is subjective, but like for me personally, a lot of my favorite stuff that comes out of that factory is not in his portfolio. Uh -huh. That's just a personal, you know, taste thing. I love this cigar. This is a super well-balanced cigar. And you talk to him about it and you you tell him like, like, man, I don't know. What if you did something like that? And, and the pride that he takes right. in the fact in that everything. these great products yeah. are, are that other people respect him enough to mm -hmm. go to him. Like you could tell that he, right. he almost gets emotional talking about like, you know, no, oh, I, he's I'm, proud. I'm very proud yeah. to be a part of this That's and to be part. a part of that. And, you know, uh, right. he's proud whatever cigar he made, every yeah. one of them. His brand name and other brand, you know, he, he just want to have something unique. So we're very happy. And Absolutely. I think we're going to have yeah. a very successful brand in the marketplace pretty soon. Yeah. So going off uh, on a little bit of a tangent, um, talk a bit more about the Don Lino brand. And do you have other plans for, for expanding that? But if we tell you, we got to kill you. So oh, for sure. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll turn the mics off. Right? Yeah. <laughs> well, to go backwards a little bit, our, so this year is the 30th anniversary of Miami Cigar. Okay. And so when we were planning at the end of 2018 for the whole release schedule and what we were doing in 2019, yeah. the main focus was to get obviously the, the trends and everything on imports and what our consumers are looking for is more Nicaraguan. So to get more involved in that Nicaraguan portfolio, we have brands, thankfully, throughout the world in all different countries. So, um, But to get more focus on the Nicaraguan portfolio, whether it was with our Dominican partner or with our own brands that we own. So that was the thought process starting off like we did in March, um, bringing back to light the Nesta Miranda Special Selection in the original packaging with the burlap and all that. So that's already in and rolling. That's made by Don Peping and Esteli also. So just getting that focus in on our Nicaraguan portfolio to grow that side of our business, because honestly, it is it is one that's taken a backseat 
two are Tatiana's or Laurora's or Toscano's or whatnot. So getting that one rolling has definitely helped and added to the buzz of of Don Lino Africa that's coming now. And then for to follow it up, our next release will be uh, Don Lino Havana Reserve. Okay. So Havana Reserve was the it was a limited done release initially by by Nestor and the team back in the day, and then they released it full on. So that will be our next uh, right. next thing to look for at uh, the PCA convention. Cool. We'll be doing Don Lino Havana Reserve, which will be another one just to continue off of that Don Lino name and to be able to get uh, a boost to our Nicaraguan portfolio and get that get that moving forward. Got it. Yeah. So to kind of round things out, that was where I wanted to go was the, the 30 years. Mm-hmm. Talk, I mean, I don't even really have a question. Just kind of like reflect a little bit. I want to start with Nestor and then we can kind of transition. Just talk in general about the significance of, of that milestone of 30, 30 years. 30 years, yeah. amazing. You know, we started in 1989, and uh, I remember that we went out, my wife and I, selling cigars in the marketplace, and I used to load the car and I make four routes. First route would be Miami to Key West. Mm-hmm. So I got bundle, I got Don Lino. A bundle was $6.00. $8 max, and the box of Don Lino max was $19. So my goal is to sell $1,000 in that day. Mm-hmm. So we accomplished that goal by about 10 o'clock at night. So, you know, I got to drive back from Key West back to Miami at night. That's yeah. two and a half hours. You don't want hours. a hotel yeah. eating into the, no, eating no, into no, the no, profits. No. <laughs> it was no budget for a hotel, so <laughs> we had to go back. And every every week we sell $1,000. Then the next route would be West Palm Beach and... We chain route, yep. Naples, so and so. So I was able to do a thousand dollars every every weekend. Yeah, and, and talk a bit about so that's that's where things began. Right. What did the um, uh, the progression look like? And, and maybe at what point? Because whenever you're starting, there's always those question marks, especially in a business like this where it's all handmade products, and and even more so when it's like you're you know working with manufacturing partners. There's always like, oh man, any any little thing could throw this thing off. At what point did you realize? We're good. We've made it. We are an established. Well, it took a long time, you know, 89. So 89, we sold in a year time about, I would say, 70,000 cigars in a year. That's what I'm smoking right now, about 70 a year. But then the following year, we increased from 70,000 to 150,000 cigars, almost 200,000. So now we're selling cigars. Yeah. And the third year, this is before the boom. So we talk about 90, 91, 92, the boom start. Yeah. By that time, I was doing a million cigars. I keep working for Southern Wine, and I told my boy, I'm quitting. I want to be in the cigar business. I can't, I can't have any more two jobs. Mm-hmm. And I said, no, you can't, because you're making money, and we need that money. And I said, no, no, not one. So finally, we got a, a meeting with a USC company. Mm-hmm. And they want to give us uh, more line that they have. And we took the line from UST, and they were doing uh, 900,000 cigars in a year time. 800,000 was bundled. So only 100,000 was premium cigar. Right. There's uh, Don Tomas and all those brands. So I went to a meeting with them in uh, Connecticut, in, Green- in Greenwich. Greenwich, Greenwich, you know? Greenwich? Greenwich, uh, whatever. Yeah. In Connecticut. What, whatever Connecticut. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we took the line, and they say, how much cigar can you sell? So I said, well, you're doing 900,000. I can do 2.5 million because the boom is starting. Yeah. And I said, oh, my God. See, that's what we got to go with next. Look at this. He goes, no, you know something? 
make it three million. And my wife is hitting me under the table. Like, <laughs> don't talk anymore. You're crazy. Shut up. I say, we do three million. I say, they were applauding and oh my God, Nestor, you're the king. I say, well, let's do it now. Yeah. So we had a meeting at Eden Rock. Okay. And uh, since I had, my background is liquor, Mm-hmm. And I was doing program with Southern Wine, you know, effective program to sell liquor. I institute the program in the liquor to the cigar. And it was effective like this. It's the same thing. Instead of set a bottle of, of Chevas Rigo, I sell a box of Yeah. And you're looking for distribution, high level position. Same thing that we're doing in the liquor business. Yeah. So I was able to put the line in the marketplace, next day, unbelievable amount of cigar we sold. So we did like uh, 12 million cigars. Yeah. Amazing. And uh, I recall that I was in Cigar uh, de la Concha one night, one date. And George Brightman was there. He used to be with Cigar Aficionado. Mm-hmm. So George Brightman is talking about Mike Cigar. You know that Mike Cigar doing... 12 million cigar, unbelievable. And I keep listening to George and I say, George, may I, please? My cigar has been in business since 1947. I've been in business in 1989 and this is 1993. I'm doing 12 million. You're not doing 12 million, but you wanna see my income tax? <laughs> so I said, let's have a drink. So we went to a hotel in, in New York. The next day, I was interviewed by Cigar Aficionado. Yeah. They sent somebody to Miami. As a matter of fact, I was coming to the office, ballistic, and a police car saw me, <laughs> gave me a ticket. <laughs> and I told the guy, listen, I'm gonna be interviewed by Cigar Aficionado, you're gonna give me a ticket? I'm with my sergeant, otherwise I won't give you a ticket. He goes, oh, okay, Troy, go ahead, write a ticket. So, I like that. Yeah. I'm going to try that the next time. I yeah. I'm on my way to get interviewed by Cigar. Hey, man, I mean, okay. you're stopping a guy who, yeah. I'm so yeah. happy. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, anyhow. Hopefully they don't know I work for Cigar. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was the beginning, man. That was the beginning. Of course, any business has to up and down. Yeah. And you know what happened to Miami Cigar Company or UST. And, you know, so from 12 million went down to 4 million. Right. In one day. Yeah. That's intense. So amazing. I got a fire almost everybody from the office, and I just keep just very few people. The cell force, they know we stay with you. You know, some of the cell force stay with me. Yeah. And uh, start doing again. Yeah. We got a guy called Jason Wood. So that was going to be my next question. Let's talk about where that relationship begins and how it gets to where it is. I don't want him in the office. I don't want him. He was was making good money. So he came to see me and said, I want to work with you. Uh, they go, I can't pay what you're making. No way. He said, I don't want to make that. I want to make less. What were you doing before? The uh, medical money? devices. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, you, you like cigars. You similar. didn't have medical <laughs> device money. So he started with the company. Of course, we made a mistake. You know, yep. But it was but able to learn and make no more mistake. You know, you, you learn from the mistake. But yep. don't make it again because then, then you become a douchebag. But Jason is not a douchebag. <laughs> That's got to be a tagline like, on a cigar ad somewhere. That's Jason right. is not a douchebag. And, uh, <laughs> thanks to this guy, we, the company is moving forward. Yeah. I mean, unbelievable. We're doing great, thanks God. And we keep doing great. I mean, we have so much excitement. The company, Salesforce, is so happy. 
they see the excitement that we have and they think that we come in. And, you know, I know the Salesforce. I've been a supervisor in Southern one for all my life. Salesforce are motivated by things. When you are selling and you got more motivation, you sell more. Yeah. And that's exactly what we're doing right now. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we kind of, some people listening to this might not have, you know, backstory or follow the industry very mm -hmm. closely, but we talked about that you were in Africa together and all that. I mean, talk about the fact that this is also family. Right. And how that happens. Like, how do you first cross paths? Yeah. And then what is the progression to, uh, to joining the family? Mm -hmm. And then what is that like? Like how, you know, I think. It's something that I've that I've never done is work uh -huh. that closely with 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 family. Right. Yeah. So talk a bit about you know, uh, I don't know. There's got to be some kind of boundary setting or whatever. Like. There really is not. <laughs> 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 But it's it's. Um, I, I'm going to take this one. <laughs> All right. So uh, so obviously we we met through through his daughter. Okay. So I started dating his daughter, met him, and instantly I was like, wow, this guy, like, this is a cool cat. Like, this is somebody you want to be around. Um, I just just getting to know him, we were we were I say we're because we're not anymore, but we were so different. Like his his interests were things that I didn't care about. My interests were things that he didn't care about. And what what kind uh, of things? Uh, so like he's big outdoorsman. He's yeah. a big fisherman. He's a big hunter. I love to be on a boat. I hate fishing. I've never shot a gun. Yeah. So it's like that's huge. That's a big difference right there. Yeah. I love sports. He had never seen a sporting event. Right. right. So it was kind of like. He didn't care about what I loved, and then I didn't really care too much about those things. So getting into it and then just seeing, like, right off the bat, um, his interaction just... Nestor has a huge, an amazing gift that I haven't ever seen anybody else have, is the ability to relate with any group um, anywhere. It doesn't matter. I, I normally say cigar shops because that's where we are most of the time. But anywhere he can relate. So coming up, coming over to hang out with us a couple of times, being with my friends or just with my family, and seeing how sports was so dominant in all of our conversations. So this guy starts reading up on sports. So then he'd come in, like we'd be wherever, still not working with the company, but he'd come by or we'd be at lunch or dinner. Be like, man, what a game last night. I'm like, oh, yeah, what game? And he's like, no, the Marlins, like extra innings and Castillo hit a home run. And I was like, I was like, yeah. Yeah, he had the talking like, points done. Amazing, right? Like, how does he know that? I don't know. Like he <laughs> read it somewhere maybe. But that's cool. Like he's trying to show yeah. interest. So time goes by and we start talking more about like the Heat, the Dolphins. He knows we're a big Seminole family. So the Seminoles, we go against each other like with the Gators. And he's a Gator because his daughter went there. Um, so Gators, Seminoles, Hurricanes, the whole thing. Uh, all good like friendly banter or whatever. Yeah. Then one day he, he comes to me um, and he's like, man, I can't believe what happened yesterday in the game. I can't believe what happened yesterday in the game. It's uh, around November. So I'm like, it was a weekday. I'm like, hey, November, basketball, but the Heat didn't play. I'm like, what, who's, what sport is this guy talking about? I'm like, Nestor, what, what game? Like, the Heat didn't play yesterday. And it wasn't college football. Like, there wasn't, it wasn't a weekend. He's like, no, the, the Florida Panthers, that they scored that goal with 10 seconds left. And then they scored in, in overtime to win. And, and I don't know, he said the guy's name. He was like, amazing. One of the biggest goals in the franchise history. And I was like, Nestor, like, nobody cares about that. Why, why are you reading? He's like, coño, man. He's like, I've been reading about hockey for months. <laughs> He's like, why didn't you tell me that? That doesn't matter. <laughs> I was like, all right, man, moving forward. I'm wasting my time. <laughs> I'm wasting my time. So that was going to be my question was in, in the course of reading about all this stuff that maybe you didn't care before about, have you, like, fallen in love with any of these sports? I, or I still... was, you know, I like to watch the Florida State and uh, – 
University of Miami and the Gator because I'm involved with those people. You right. know, Gator, my 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 daughter was right. UF. His so daughter and his money went there. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> I got to be a Gator. Yeah. Now the family of Wood, they're all Seminole. So when okay. I go to so the home, oh my God, big big time, yeah. Yeah. big time, big time. So I got to go there. Even one day we saw the game in uh, we were in Colorado in Copper Mountain, and they were fighting Alabama. I think no. Uh, I think it was, it was a big game. game. Yeah, yeah. It was a big game. Yeah. It was game. So his brother went to a store huh. and brought a big 50, 50, 55 inches or 60 inches. It was a big TV. I think, you bought that to see the fucking game? Excuse me. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. This is, this is that kind of podcast. And I say, unbelievable. You buy that to see the game. I said, what are you going to do with the TVs? Don't worry, we'll return it. What do you mean you return it? <laughs> so we saw the game, they lost. I say, take the goddamn TV back, man. <laughs> but we had a song, and his father gave me a hat of Florida State. Oh, mm-hmm. hey, right. So I used the hat. Yeah. You know, when they're competing for the last, I go all the way Seminole. Yeah. All the way. That's funny. Yeah, yeah so. That's just a story, like, to show, like, how he gets, he just figures it out always. And it's the, it's the salesman in him that mm-hmm. gets, he gets invested, right? And then he figures out how, and it's the same like when we visited cigar shops and everything. Um, but then moving forward, then I, he brought me into the company and then just starting learning piece by piece, time by time. And it's, it's amazing, both him and his wife, how they've treated me from the beginning and how, yeah, we, we butt heads and stuff, but it's really not that, like, you would expect it to be so much more. And even when I say that there are no boundaries, like we, questions are asked about anything and everything business personal related all that but that's just how we are like how we yeah. operate and it's awesome like it's it's amazing he's amazing it's a family business it's, yeah, yeah. And it's amazing it to way. to work with them to be with them to try travel with Nestor all the time and it's uh it's a good time it's so always you, so you mentioned you getting into sports or at least you know uh forcing i like interest. i want to read but, something because when i yeah. talk to him I'm like, hey you're too too man so does, yeah. does it go in the? So you you haven't shot guns. So I, you don't have any wildebeest heads in your house. Yet. No, no, I do not. Any no, of that? But I do not. are there other things that you found yourself doing? It's like, oh man, if not for my relationship with Nestor, I mm-hmm. wouldn't have done this, and this is really cool. Right. So more, I mean, cigars is one. Yeah. I didn't before I started with my cigar. I never even smoked a cigar. So getting into this industry obviously is one hundred percent because of him. So getting into it and meeting people, um, and also learning more about my father-in-law. You know, like as time goes, obviously learning more about him and who he is and what he's about. And it, that's been the main, like the main thing that he's taught me is just, uh, like how how to deal with people. I, I try as best as I can to have those traits, um, but he has shown me that it's possible. And I mean, it's it's since it doesn't matter white, black, male, female, young, old. It's any different demographic, age range. He finds a way to get in there and just become part of that group. And it's amazing. It's amazing to uh, attribute or skill to have. Yeah. yeah. I tell you, I tell this story. This is a funny story about this gentleman. You know, I gave my daughter a pistol for protection because she <laughs> traveled a lot. So <laughs> one day, <laughs> I got a magazine, extra magazine for the pistol. I said, Jason, take this home. So you know, Tatiana has an extra magazine. I mean, we'll never use it, but just in case. So I give the magazine to the gentleman. And he put it in a briefcase to take it back home. He forgot about it. So he kept the magazine in the briefcase for about a month and a half. He's traveling. Goes to the Miami International Airport, TSA. He got his bag, x-ray, 
of course, everybody's looking in the back. Yeah. And Jesus said, what happened? I said, excuse me, sir, this is your bag? Yes. You have a magazine over there. Oh, yeah, yeah, I got quite a few. I got cigar snap. <laughs> I got this. <laughs> and the TSA said, it's not a magazine to read. It's full of bullets. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah. I looked. I looked at my wife right away. She was like, "My dad." I was like, yeah. "Yep." <laughs> I've, I've done that too, actually. Oh and, I, I, and I went all the way to Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. yeah. So, so what did they do with you? Oh, they held us for like thirty minutes. They did really? a complete search yeah. of me, of my wife. Oh wow! They pulled our bags off our check bags. Yeah. They got them off. They checked all that. I was like, "I'm so sorry." Like, I, I'm not accustomed to having that. So I, I had that month. That's probably been in my briefcase for months. Yeah. And then of course they're like, "Yeah, okay, sure, <laughs> right. sure it is." And they had to do the whole thing. And I was like, "Yeah, do whatever." And then at the end, they were like, sir, you know, we're going to have to keep this. I was like, keep it. You can have it. <laughs> so when it happened to me, I was in Fort Lauderdale. And this was less than a year ago. Uh, and it was that I had, um, for whatever reason, I think it was that I was going to arrange. And then I knew that I was going somewhere else. So I didn't. I just put everything yeah, in one bag. And I forgot that it was there. Um, and so, of course, they do the whole the thing. And they, they're going through all the bags. Is this your bag? And there's a sheriff's deputy there. Oh, there's a the bunch of people. Thing. I was like, what's going on here? But you know what they ended up doing? They told me, uh, we're not allowed to confiscate this. You have to get rid of it. And I was like, I'm not fr- I'm, I'm in Fort Lauderdale. I live in Kendall. I have to make this flight. I don't, right. tell, tell me what to do because I, I'm not going to just chuck it out in the street or something. Right. But I have to get on this flight. And you're telling me that it can't stay here. So super weird. What they did was they took a latex glove and they stuck it, the magazine, in the latex glove and they handed it to me and they just said, don't tell us what you do, just go get rid of it. And so I just walked out with a magazine inside of a latex glove and I threw it in the trash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. By the pickup area. Yeah. I was like, that's the weirdest yeah, way to dispose yeah. of 15 rounds of ammunition. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but, but it uh, was, they were like, sir, do you have a magazine in here? I was like, yeah, I got a bunch. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, there were like a bunch of magazines with bullets. I was like, bullets. I went to, I was in New York. I went to Grand Zero with my wife, and I always got a knife with me, always. So they're gonna check me, you know, one of those like TSA, of course. I said, oh. Then I took the knife and I put it in a basket, and I said, sir, I have a knife. Give me a ticket. Said, okay. In the way out, you ask for it. We're gonna give it to you in the way out. Oh no, no problem. So on the way out, I gave him the ticket, and he went out and got my, my knife. That works. Yeah. yeah. But, so is there anything, because we're, we're coming up on like 45 minutes, uh, is there anything we haven't touched on that you really want to make sure? I want to say about? something about, yeah. you know, being in Africa and uh, having a cigar coming with name, African name, mm-hmm. our vitolas are not called Churchill or Robusto. Okay. Our vitolas are called African name for the animal. Like, uh, for example, the rhino uh, is called Kifaro. That's the African language. Got it. And then you got the... And that would be the bellicoso, what we know as the bellicoso. Right, then you, have, then you have the size in the, in the box so people know what it is. Then you have the, uh, um, the zebra is called Punta Mila and so on and so on. The Churchill is called Tempo, which is the elephant. So that made more attractive, you yeah. know. What is it? No, I try a Punta Mila, it's great. You know, I, that's what I want the people tell me. No, your answer is great. No, Punta Mila. Yeah, so yeah, so it's Duma, Kifaro, Kifaro and Punta Mila. Yeah, and then we have a little one that's called Kudo, which is the, the little one. Got the it. The 4x40. And what does that mean? What is Kudo that? is the uh, Kudu, Grand Kudu. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
So a little. You uh, saw those yeah. in your Safari, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. No, but it's it's cool to to see you know uh, this thing that you're so passionate about. Really, like after all this time, right? Mm-hmm. There's a big uh, yeah. gap there, right? And then make it onto the product, and from the band to the ashtrays that we're looking here at the table, uh, it's all like super beautifully executed. It's very class. All those ashtray coming in a box, yeah. And the boxes with the animal, it, it is unbelievable. Yeah, the yeah. branding is also yeah. similar to what to what you see here as well, and to what everybody will see in the stores once they. This is the promotion material. Mm-hmm. That we're gonna give this away with boxes. Got it. When okay. we have a promo. Yeah. This coming in a beautiful package. Beautiful. And we're going to have humidors that we're going to raffle in the store. Yeah. You know, nice. Whatever it is legal. And so now all that's left is to take a box to Africa and smoke them over there. That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> coming, Absolutely. coming near to, near to you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We may have to make another trip out there. Right, 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 to right, get more yeah. inspiration. Yeah, you got to get the picture. <laughs> you know, you got to do it for Instagram. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right, cool. So, um, yeah, with that, again, unless there's something that you guys want to get into that we haven't touched on. Well, we thank you for coming over. Oh, thank you. And uh, you at least you have a cigar and you have a coffee. I know, yeah. This is, uh, I, I have a chance. another hour just for an extra coffee. <laughs> you have a chance to see me, which is... Which is the most yeah. exciting part of it. <laughs> most interesting part. <laughs> the most interesting part, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, thank you guys for, for having You're me. You're very welcome. Again, for the cigar, for the You're coffee. You've been listening to the Cigar Snob Podcast with... Nesta Miranda and Jason Wood. We're here at Miami Cigar HQ. You can find episodes of the. This is where we do all of our shameless plugging. By the way, why don't you do your own shameless plugging? What 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 kind of stuff? Okay. Give me all the social media, all the URLs, all that stuff. All right, yeah, definitely. If you guys could uh, just be on the lookout for Nestor, he's going to be traveling in the area starting uh, the beginning of November. So we're going to get him back out there. So we'll be coming to a store near you, November, December, and January. And definitely, please follow us um, at all hashtags Miami Cigar. Nesta Miranda Cigars, La Aurora Cigars, and also Toscano Cigars. We'd really appreciate that. Thank you, guys. Don't forget Tatiana. <laughs> Don't forget Tatiana. And most importantly, Tatiana Cigars. <laughs> uh, so you can find uh, the magazine at CigarSnobMag.com, the podcast at CigarSnobMag.com slash podcast, where you'll find all the past episodes. Believe it or not, we print a magazine. You can subscribe for $18 a, a year. Six issues for 18 bucks. What a deal. Beautiful. What a deal. Beautiful. The best bargain in the cigar magazine world. Maybe. I don't know. I'm making that up. Uh, and then... Uh, you couldn't even get a bundle for that. You no. Put 1992. Yeah. Exactly. We are below 1992 <laughs> bundle, bundle price. <laughs> <laughs> we got to use that yeah. more often. Uh, yeah. So that's it. Stay tuned for more things. And keep an eye out for Don Lino Africa. Thank you very much. 